All right, everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Busted Header Podcast. I'm Chris, a.k.a. Not the Fake Webby on Twitter, and I'm going to be joined, as always, by Hal Bridius, a.k.a. Hal, a.k.a. my longtime friend, Jake. I'm going to need you to work double time. we got a game in, like, 15 minutes, all right? That's why I was talking so fast. Yep. Um, yep. So, with that said, we're actually going to have a kind of a new format uh, for this week. It's going to be kind of another shorter podcast. Uh, what we're going to do is we're going to talk about three observations we had from the games the week prior, which... Uh, let's see, we played a home against the Cavs in the most recent one, and we started off the season in Minnesota against the Timberwolves. Um, so we're going to do three things that we saw in those games, and then three things we want to see next week, and we're going to kind of go back and forth with that. So uh, without further ado, let's jump in. All right, so I'm going to start with the first observation that I noticed, uh, which I, I feel like I had to come and, come out and say this because I've been against uh, this player uh, a lot in the offseason and kind of how, uh, how his role came about. Um, but I didn't observe a lot of Mason Plumley in the pick and roll, and I really liked what I saw. Um, he was doing a good job, uh, setting good screens, doing a good job rolling to the basket, which I know you and other people have said a lot um, in the offseason, made a lot of points of it. But it was nice to see it actually happen in-game. And in addition to that, he also was doing a very good job with the ball in his hands. He made a lot of good reads, a lot of good passes. There was one in particular, I can't remember who it was, um, I think it was Josh Jackson or someone who made a really good cut to the basket and who just had this perfect lead pass for an easy layup. So, liking what I've seen out of Plumlee, he's really, I don't know if he's fully worth that contract, but he's at least showing why he got that contract. I, I love that you say this because I'm, in my notes here, I have people came around on Plumlee really quickly. Because I would say I came around. I'm not fully around, but I see the well, reason you why. Were, you were pretty much like 100% against, and now you're like... 60% against so I'd say like the the tides changed pretty quickly as soon as people realized that Plumley wasn't Zaza Pachulia which I think was everybody's kind of fear coming oh, in yeah. so um no I, I agree I think he's he's done what he was he was advertised and and he's also been as um bad defensively as advertised I mean I've been really actually somewhat disappointed yeah. in him defensively but Certainly the offense is good. He's, I think he's made Killian Hayes look pretty good offensively, except for the fact that he doesn't want to go up for the lobs. Um, yeah. <laughs> that's that's something we can kind of tuck in here is that Killian Hayes had a guy at Ulm um, that was like a really good just like standstill leaper. And so he'd just like mm-hmm. toss like really like his lobs really tight to the basket. And this guy would just put him down and Plumley is he wants to be on the move when he catches lobs. And um, so that's one of those things we're seeing Killian Hayes have to adjust to. But no, I, I've been really happy with Palmley. Okay, yeah, no, it's been it's been decent. So, so in the same vein, um, I guess one of my observations is I think Grant has come in and really shown that he's not worth necessarily the contract so much as like he's shown that he has the framework he needs to grow into it. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, I've been pretty happy with what he's done in the post. I've, I've seen some people complain about the post stuff, but like he's getting a lot of fouls. He's drawing a lot of contact. He's been pretty efficient so far. He's still hitting all the spot up threes he needs to do. Um, so I, I've just been really happy with, with where we are with Jeremy Grant and, and where it looks like he could go in the future. All right. So kind of in that same vein of the same point guard, we're talking about a lot of big men um, or point forward. I shouldn't be saying um, I really like what I saw from Blake from three. Uh, which I think feels a little obvious. <laughs> Whenever someone goes 8 for 16 from 3 and they're not Steph Curry, you're pretty fucking proud. And I was 
a lot of those I feel like were a little bit of like lucky. There was a couple like last second kind of heaves or like banks off the backboard and stuff like that. Um, but I thought Blake, if he shoots 50% from three, or I mean, obviously not going to get that, but somewhere in that vein, if he can be a reliable three-point shooter, all of a sudden he might have a decent bit of trade value. And you could see a contender come in and say, hey, we like what Blake can do. He can, you know, he can be a pick and pop uh, guy in the pick and roll. He can just space the floor and be from three. So he might actually make some trade value if he keeps playing like that and could end up on a contender. I will save my Blake takes for the next bit, but I still have some concerns I want to talk about. Oh, yeah. I think there were a lot of other concerns. There's just something that I... I, I, it is definitely nice to see that his shot came back because he, he did struggle with it in the preseason. So I, I do like that. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. My second one here is that Casey might not be as on board with this whole tanking thing as he kind of claimed. We had some early media I'm day shocked. stuff where he was like, oh, uh, I'm going to let him play through mistakes and stuff. And then he pulled Killian Hayes for two mistakes and didn't put him back in. And mm-hmm. in the uh, the Cavs game... Killian didn't get back in, even though he didn't make a mistake to get pulled. I don't really know what he did when he got pulled. He just left the floor and then didn't play for the next 20 minutes. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm not as worried about like Stewart's minutes because I don't necessarily think he's ready. And I think actually throwing him in now is probably throwing a guy into the deep end. But Bay and Killian definitely need a longer leash. And Seku as well. I mean, Seku, it seems like, has the shortest leash of all of them. Mm -hmm. And. it's going to be a long season if Dwayne Casey is not on board with this. I mean, yeah. I think we could talk about... Uh, I mean, obviously, Killian got pulled, and he didn't really play a whole lot of minutes. He's been at 20 minutes both of those games. But uh, if you look kind of farther down the line of Seku and Bay, they both played... Let's see. There was 14 minutes for Seku against the Timberwolves. He was in there a decent bit. Then he only got nine against the Cavs, which wasn't really obviously one of his good games. He was playing pretty awful. And then Bay only got six. Well, and in the well, ca- so in the Cavs, he turned his ankle, is what they say. So yeah. if that if that's uh, okay. the case, then fine, whatever. Um, okay. I, I understand why he wouldn't play. I I, yeah. I talked about this with uh, James Edwards on Twitter, but it was like, if okay, if he turned his ankle, can we please hear about this on the broadcast? Because they didn't say anything. <laughs> we actually got a report from Johnny Kane that he was okay to go back in. He did go back in at the end because um, they needed a body. But it was like, hey. If he's got a sprained ankle, can you just tell us so that we don't expect it? Because otherwise, it's going to reflect on you. Just... I mean, it could be a miscommunication or something like that, where the broadcast heard that he's fine to go back in, but he wasn't or something. I, well, it's it's I'm more just it's the, the it's the thing. every sport does this. It's this whole policy of like, oh, if we if we tell people, um, you know, maybe the opposition gets an advantage because they know. And it's like nobody cares, man. Just tell us. We're the fans. We're the we're the people that matter in this relationship. It feels uh, presumptuous kind of to say that, but like that's what this is an entertainment industry. Do we just let us know? Yeah. Are you worried at all about the games that this is, well, specifically Seku had prior to twisting his ankle and the limited minutes the Bay had? Do you see anything you liked or didn't Bay's like? Bay's minutes, about not them? so much, because I think he's got a tough time getting into a pretty stacked rotation, maybe even a surprisingly stacked rotation, considering I don't think either of us expected Josh Jackson to be like Seth Curry <laughs> from three already. Um, I wouldn't go that far, but <laughs> he did look pretty good against the Timberwolves. I mean, he's, sure. been, he's been, you know, massively out shooting his coverage here. I mean, he went, what, 0 for 3 <laughs> against the Cavs. He had one good game. <laughs> 
Well, he's. I mean, if you include the preseason, he he's been lighting it up. But, um, you know, so I'm I'm not worried about Bay as much. I am a little worried about Seku just because I'm not entirely sure that he knows his role and that Dwayne Casey knows what role he should play or that his teammates know what they want him to do yet. So, yeah, uh, that that's one of you know, if I can skip ahead to the things I want to see from next week that's i i would like to see a game from seku where he just gets involved again in the preseason and it looks like there was a plan for it because even the nice one he had in the preseason mostly looked like it was seku creating things for himself out of nothing mm-hmm. all right well we're gonna go through each have one more observation to go um my last one is a little bit more of a fun one um the wolves have cars in the arena that was kind of cool yeah <laughs> i kind of like the visual in the background whenever i saw that i was so befuddled by that <laughs> i saw one I of those like the pre-game warm-up things ad. and i was like why is there a sedan or it was an suv why is there an suv on the court yeah it's like looming in the background so it's just like a rav4 that, or something kind of it was like a it was like a lexus or something like that it was a decent car but i'm just i would like to see a little more oh, creativity on the RAV4. with these i mean it, it is what it is <laughs> that's kind of all, all i can do there but i want to see more creativity from the team's um, using this extra space because I feel like with all the with the fans out of the arena, I feel like in football we've just seen like the the blanket like weird boards on all the seats, but with the NBA arenas you have this empty space specifically behind the baskets. So I want to well, see the teams was, get a little creative with what they do back there. Was it the Fernandula? I think Dave Fernandez on Twitter. I think it was who was like they, last year they spent a whole bunch of money switching the red seat covers to black. <laughs> And now, yeah. at the the LCA, they've got giant red banners across the area with, like, brand names on them. Yeah. It, just, it just looks so stupid. <laughs> it was kind of funny how they keep going back and forth in the coloring there. All right, so my last observation, then, is that Killian seems to be getting to his spots. So I'm, I'm pretty happy with that. That was kind of one of the things was, is he going to look physically capable in the NBA? And obviously, he's had troubles finishing still, but... Uh, Mm-hmm. It you know I, I've been pretty happy with his ability to just kind of get into his spots and and he looks like he's more comfortable than his field goal percentage would say and I think actually yeah uh, I saw somebody pull up a stat like teammates are currently shooting like thirty five percent on passes from Killian so like I think if we take out a couple fluky turnovers and add a couple fluky misses I think we'd be pretty happy with where his ATO is and so mm-hmm. just in general I I, I think. He obviously hasn't blown the world apart by any means, but I think Killian has looked a lot more comfortable than I had any hope for this early. Yep. No, I agree. He's looked pretty solid. So. Um, as we look into the next week, uh, the first thing that I am kind of looking for a little bit more of this week is going to be out of Svee. Svee has had a limited minutes kind of coming off the bench. I know people were hoping that he would kind of make a jump to either a six-man role or like maybe even like a fringe starter, but he has not looked great at all so far, and specifically from three. So for Speed, if he wants to be on the floor, he's going to have to be like a knockdown three-point shooter. Um, so need a little bit more out of him in the upcoming games uh, to kind of prove that he should be in a rotation because if he can't crack this rotation – uh, it's getting pretty sparse from the NBA, to say the least. Well, I like the the three point shooting is mostly just variance to me. I, I expect that to change, but it's the fact that he seems to have regressed on defense that 
is a concern yeah. to me. He was not doing anything, and like you're guarding Chetty Osmond. Like Chetty's a nice player, but not crazy. You're guarding, um, uh, was it but Culver like, probably in the Wolves? Like I just, it hasn't yeah. really been any. He hasn't had to guard just, like Paul George or or LeBron. So, um. You know, I mean, it's a combination of he's not shooting great. He's never been known for his defense. It was definitely not showing it in these two games. But also, just he didn't look incredibly comfortable with the ball in his hands, and just yeah, he's, he looked he's been like a little jittery. A, which I mean, yeah, the other thing is like, like he's a three point shooter, but he's also a good driver. Normally, like he's pretty good at taking like mm-hmm. handoffs and getting into the paint and finding those little dump off passes. And just generally, he's looked shaky so far. So I I agree. I I hope he picks it up. Yep. Um. So I guess we already talked about this mine for Seku, but I'd just like to see Seku getting a nice game. Um, and then the other one for me, I guess I'll just skip that, is that I'd mm-hmm. like to see Killian have a game this week where he like gets like 15 points on 50% or better shooting. You know, just having one of those <laughs> yeah. nice, okay, I've I've done it. I you know I can say I've I've done it in the NBA and and one of those confidence building games for him. Yeah, where he really kind of gets it going. Kind of shows why he was drafted that high and why he's. Yeah, I, I don't even need like a thirty point. You know, I don't need any crazy explosion at this point. I just, I just want him to know that, like, yeah, I can do this. Mm-hmm. No, I agree. That'll be something that'll be nice to kind of get the the Halliburton defenders off <laughs> off Gillian's back. Have you so. seen that a lot? Like the like people who wanted Halley. I would over... say not locally, but nationally, it's kind of been a thing of well. Here's Killian Hayes. Hopefully, he does better than Halliburton. Otherwise, the Pistons fans are going to regret this, like they regretted everything else. Interesting, because like so. I'm a huge Halliburton fan. I think you know that. Is uh, I, I'd love mm-hmm. me some Halley, but like to me, they were always two different players. I mean, this it wasn't even like a, a Kennard versus. Um, wow, I'm blanking so hard. This is. I'm bad. gonna I'm gonna let you go. I'm gonna let you go for it. Mitchell. Um, Donovan Mitchell versus Spider thing. Like it wasn't even like that to me because for me Halley was like a, a utility guy a, a shooting guard almost and Hayes is obviously a lead ball handler and I always knew that Halley was going to step in as a as a contributor he was kind of a, a rookie of the year pick for me because I just assumed he was going to contribute perfectly right away mm-hmm. I was worried about his situation I think more than anything Halliburton uh, I think that's kind of residual Kings Kang's energy more than it was yeah the reality because i don't think the kings right now are set up as badly as they were two or three years ago i don't think they're set up badly as much as i feel like there's a lot of people in his way to getting minutes there like De'Aaron fox like he's got buddy healed like i feel like there's a lot yeah but he, he was always going to be like the third guy that could play with either one of them so i wasn't too worried sense. about it all right so we're going to move on next um it's one of the things that i don't know if it's just from <laughs> like watching Andre Drummond, uh, but I really miss having someone who can crash the offensive boards. Um, I think that's a spot that I think, like Jeremy Grant especially, I think he'd be really good at kind of getting and getting more offensive rebounds than falling back on defense. Uh, but that'd be something I'd like to see a little bit more, uh, is crashing those offensive boards and kind of getting those second-chance opportunities because Lord knows there's going to be enough missed shots. So I think it'll be kind of important to keeping the offense going. Right. Uh Josh Jackson has seemed like the guy who's going to be vacuuming up the loose ones. Uh, he had like eight or nine mm-hmm. uh, last game. Um, yeah. You know, between Blake Plumley and uh, even Okafor to some extent, like all three of those guys are better boxing out than they really are at grabbing rebounds. 
So you're probably yeah. going to see more rebounding from the wings and maybe even a guy like Killian who's 6'5 and strong. Like maybe he can get in there and get his hands dirty. I don't know if this is ever going to be a good offensive rebounding team. Um, yeah, I mean that's something that I, I think it's not really set up for that, but we have enough athletic players that they can kind of make a run at it. Defensively, I think they've done a good job of just kind of team rebounding. Right, and, so and really that's and that's where like, like a, a we negative. need to see them compete defensively on the boards because they're not going to be able to do – I mean, yeah. you, you just have to, right? And you have to unlock your transition. That was something that worried me going into the year, but I think they've done a decent job of it. Um, yeah. But I, I like, I just like Plumley, for example, is a solid offensive rebounder. But I just, I don't see who's going to be the guy that can just really get in there, unless it's the guard who is scoring, and then you have like the the center who's sitting next to the rim, able to just vacuum mm-hmm. up the loose rebounds. You know, the Kobe assists. I don't know that we're yeah. going to have it yet. Um, certainly not the guy like Andre, but... Yeah, no. Like, like I said, I think it's partially just watching Andre play. <laughs> uh, maybe, that, maybe that'll maybe that be something that gets Stewart some minutes, because he, he is pretty good on the boards. Maybe that'll be something mm-hmm. that, if he gets time uh, tonight yet, because we're recording this right before the, the Hawks game, maybe mm-hmm. he uh, proves his worth in that regard. Yep. All right, so I, I teased this one earlier, but I'd like to see Blake doing a whole lot more getting the ball to the rim. Um, at this yeah. at this point, I don't care if Blake is lazy on defense. I hope he continues to communicate and at least pretend to try, even if he's not. But like this whole Blake taking three-point shots but never doing anything else is... It's just unhealthy for everyone. It's not. I don't think you're fooling teams into trading for you if you don't have any f- shots at the rim. Uh, he hasn't had any volume of assists yet. He's had like two or three a game. He's um, his assist percentage like through the preseason was like fifteen percent or something like that, and he's normally at like twenty five. Mm-hmm. It's just not enough. You're not doing your job taking pressure off the rookies. You're not doing. You know, you're not you're not doing your job preserving your value, and frankly, I don't know how much fun you're going to have if all you do is pretend to be a spot up shooter. So, I just really hope that we see a game where Blake is a little more assertive and a little more decisive, and because uh, I I think the team needs him to be like that just for cosmetic reasons, if anything else. Yeah, I think he was doing a pretty decent job in the Timberwolves game. There was a stretch where he had like a couple bully ball uh, kind of moves, but. It, it kind of seems like a few and far between kind of thing. He he and Andre seem to have like a thing between them for a little bit there. I mean, a little bit, yeah, but I don't think he was going to get much of anything against Andre or even... I love as a decent defender down low, so... I, I think it might be, might be more matchup thing. I just like, they were they were, they were were doing some talking and it was all like friendly. I don't think it was... I don't think they were ever yeah. like even that aggressive, but like they were doing some, some talking and like when he had that one like long transition bucket where he got up into Andre and finished... It, it there there was some stuff there. It was like, oh, oh, these guys definitely are are enjoying playing against each other on <laughs> uh, in a real game again. Yeah, it looked like they were having a fun time. Um, right. So my last observation for the next week, um, I'm really looking to see a little bit more cohesive, uh, like team defense. I felt like there was good luck. <laughs> some, yeah, I know. <laughs> it, it's kind of a gone by the wayside thing in a lot of modern NBA, especially during the regular season. But just a little bit more of, hey, there's some guy cutting, let's stay on him. Or, you know, the ball's on the other side, let me pay attention to where my guy's at. Oh, he's wide open from three now. I just felt like there was a lot of kind of lacking on the defensive end. And I think if 
Dwayne Casey is going to be kind of the hard-nosed coach that I think he can be um, to kind of clear that up. So, yeah, it's weird because like Delon Wright and and Josh Jackson and Jeremy Grant, Plumley, and then I don't know maybe Killian at the point like. There is a lineup out there that should be reasonable defensively and certainly can get out in transition and attack off deflections, and maybe they aren't good defensively, but they make it up in transition. There's some stuff available, but like neither lineup we're putting out has that going for it right now, just because like the starting lineup, you have the rookie point guard plus Blake Griffin, and Plumlee isn't elite. And then your bench unit, you have Rose and Okafor. Like, you're never going to be good there. So, um, yeah. which I say, even though Okafor, I think right now, is actually like winning a plus minus battle pretty good, which is uncomfortable yeah. to say the least. But <laughs> I just. It's been a weird experience there. It'll be interesting to see if Dwayne Casey like prioritizes getting a defensive lineup kind of together or not. Because I don't think he's going to do it if he continues his pl- uh, platoon style mm-hmm. rotation. Yeah, I think. It could be something that just as the season goes on, or maybe it's that's how he's doing it this year because of the tight schedule. I guess we'll see as we. And, and he's always been a on. platoon style coach, so um, he yeah, he was never nothing that irks me. Gonna do that normally, but again, if you're if you're on board with the the process of this team that this team needs to go through, then you should be trying to find lineups that work and combinations that work because your GM needs to know that because any one of these guys could be traded in January, any one of them could be traded in next summer, and you need to know which combinations are really, truly valuable and which aren't. Mm-hmm. Yep, hopefully we'll see some more of that as the season goes on. So, uh, With that being said, we're going to both watch the Hawks-Pistons game tonight and then get back probably later sometime next week with more insight on how the season's going. Uh, again always if you have trouble finding the podcast let us know if you want to see us on other platforms let us know yeah okay there's the admin admin's done thanks we'll see you next week sounds good guys have a good week Today's music was made by Blank and Kit. You can find a link to their music in the description.